0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Ask me another May, call
1: Brooklyn home. But you can find us everywhere puzzle lovers are found. On the radio, on your phone, on your smart speaker, on your work computer. Don't worry, we won't tell. This show and our puzzles are there for you, wherever you are, and you. you. You, dear listener, are one of millions of people who love putting your obscure knowledge to the test week after week. It doesn't matter if it's a puzzle, a word game, a trivia question, you're always right there and ready to play. When you shout out the obvious answer to a challenging question, you're a puzzle lover. When you find yourself humming along to the music of a Jonathan Colton game, you are a puzzle lover. When you know all of the answers to our final round... You should be a contestant on our show, seriously. And you're not the only one. Help us keep this community of puzzle lovers growing by donating to your local NPR station today. To do so, visit donate.npr.org slash AMA. And thank you.
2: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, It's NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello!
3: Hey,
1: everybody! We have a great show for you. We have four brilliant contestants. They're hanging out backstage right now, lighting our public radio menorah. They are. Yeah, it stays lit for eight days and eight nights thanks to the miracle of CBD oil. <laughs> uh, we have two guests on this show, two amazing guests. Yeah, Michelle Wolf, Amber Ruffin. Yes, women, comedians, actually, including me, there will be three female comedians on this stage, and it's not even a Planned Parenthood benefit, okay? Small strides. Michelle Wolf, in addition to doing all the things she does, she also runs ultra-marathons. Ultra-marathons. Yeah, they're harder than marathons. For example, at ultra-marathons, the fans on the sidelines boo you as you run by. That happens. They hold up signs and say, for God's sake, stop! They're actually just longer. They're longer marathons. I've actually never run a marathon, period. Um... (laughs) I guess because I've never had a breakup that bad, but... <laughs> uh, our second guest is Amber Ruffin, who is a writer for Late Night with Seth Meyers. Yeah. So when she was hired in 2014, Amber became the first black woman writer on a late night network television talk show. Yeah. Amber Ruffin, who's a comedian, is also a storyteller on drunk history. Uh, So hilarious. We're going to see if Amber wants to play the NPR version of Drunk History. It's called Calmly Discussing Politics While Sharing a Half Glass of Merlot. (laughs) 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 Which I'm pretty sure is a podcast, by the way. (laughs) And an offering from the NPR Wine Club. (laughs) All right, let's play some games, everybody. Our first two contestants will play a game about paperback novels. I've always felt that my dating style was similar to the publishing industry. At first, I'm expensive with a hard protective cover. But after a year, I get cheap and vulnerable and covered in food stains. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Laurel Happenin. You recently moved here from Seattle. I did. What's one thing that you were loving about New York that Seattle does not have? You know, it's New York. What are you doing? You're in my face. You're in my face. <laughs> what do you want? It's just like taxi driver, law and order, and bagels. <laughs> this is basically what I do on my couch. So, are you so. just hanging out on one corner in front of a bagel store? <clears throat> this
4: might be my problem. Yes, <laughs> I great. might want to like go a
1: block out. <laughs> yeah. Laurel, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Jennifer Connors. Jennifer, you told our producers that once in the early 2000s, you sold a whoopee cushion to Ice-T. What were the circumstances?
5: Well, I worked in a children's toy store. Okay. And, um, so yes, Ice-T and Coco came in, and they purchased a whoopee cushion. And it was like, they had never seen anything like it before. Their minds were blown. They were just laughing and they were giggling. were like, this is so... I mean, it makes that sound when someone's... Yes, that's <laughs> what's what happens when you, when you put a whoopee cushion under someone. It will make a sound of flatulence, and it was just... They were like, this is so great. Dick
1: Wolf is going to never see this coming.
2: I bet that day on set was pretty
1: fun. I would would imagine so. (laughs) Jennifer, when you ring in, we're going to hear this. Laurel and Jennifer, whoever has more points after two games, will go on to our final round. We're going to kick things off with one of our favorite guessing games this, that, or the other. We will read you a phrase. You tell us which of three categories it belongs to. Jonathan Coulton, what are today's categories?
2: Today's categories are the first line of a paperback thriller, the title of a song by the beloved verbose indie band, The Mountain Goats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, them. Or a popular mnemonic device taught in schools, such as My Very Excellent Mother Just Served Us Nachos, which helps you remember the order of the planets.
1: Ring in to answer, and if it's a mnemonic device, you can earn a bonus point by telling us what it's for. Here we go. Here's your first one. The last camel collapsed at noon. Is that a book, a song, or a mnemonic device? Laurel. Uh, From a book. It is from a book. (gasps) Yes. That is from The Key to Rebecca. It's a great book for humans, not a popular book with camels.
2: (laughs) Never Eat Shredded Wheat. Is that from a book, a song, or a mnemonic device? Laurel.
1: A mnemonic device?
2: Yeah, that's right. Do you know what it stands for?
1: No, I have no idea.
2: It is uh, for the cardinal directions, northeast, south, and west.
1: Never eat shredded wheat. Maybe it's just also something celiac, say, in their head.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Jennifer. Mnemonic. Yeah, that's right. And for
5: the bonus point, do you know what it's for? Uh, it's the m- order you do math math stuff. <laughs> <It's> parentheses, <laughs> exponents, multiply, add, divide, subtract. That's, right. that's
1: right. That's or- order of operations in math. That's correct. There will be no divorce. Book, song, or the weirdest mnemonic of all time. <laughs> I'm going to say book. Good guess. But I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Jennifer, can you steal? I'm going to go with song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is a mountain goat song. Yes. This is your last clue. Every good boy does fine. Laurel. That is a mnemonic. That is correct. Can you tell me what it stands for? It's uh, for the scale. It's were, very close. You were okay. in the totally in the, the, right the right place. Musical. We were looking for the treble clef line notes: E, G, B, D, F. That was a great game, and at the end of that first game, we have a tie. <clears throat> Our next game is about fictional monsters like gluten. This is an audio quiz called Monster Tracks. It's simple. I'm going to play you a clip of a fictional creature. You're just going to tell me what television show or movie it's from. And guess what? The points are doubled. Whoever wins this game goes to the final round. Whoever doesn't win this game, just like the producers of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, will be sued by the Church of Satan. (laughs) Here we go. This monster's natural habitat is a Manhattan food cart. What the hell is that
2: thing?
5: Jennifer, that's Slimer from Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's right.
2: So
1: good. The 2016 all-female version, which screwed everyone up
2: right ruined all of our childhood very
1: hard on everyone
2: how did we move on i don't know we, in a, way we haven't. <laughs> in a way
1: we haven't you're right in this clip a bigfoot struggles to adapt to his new life with his new tiny footed family i don't
4: care how big <gasps> ugly and smelly you are you just can't go around eating other people's corsages
1: laurel harry and the hendersons That is correct. This monster finds a new home in a nice, dry, shady house with strict meal schedules. Can I pick him up, Dad? Sure, go ahead.
2: Just be careful. You gotta be gentle. I will.
1: I hope he's housebroken. Laurel. Gremlins? Yes,
6: gremlins! (laughs) Don't feed it after midnight!
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. Also, the only female gremlin was in high heels and lipstick. That seems unfair. <laughs> we need like a non binary reboot <laughs> where they all just wear flats and lip balm and nobody, they can figure it out as they go along. That's right. All that's right? right. For some reason, the internet embraced this bedtime story monster as a gay icon.
5: <laughs> Jennifer. The Baba Duck.
1: Yeah. It's right in there, isn't it? That's so right. Good. Yeah, that began as an uh, ironic joke on Tumblr in 2017. Just saying Tumblr sounds very <laughs> 2017, doesn't it? Very old-fashioned. Tumblr. Yeah. And then it was embraced and spread during uh, the following Pride Month. So the true monster once again is the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this monster finally makes it right side up for the final showdown. Is, is, is it dead? Jennifer,
5: well, it's the monster from Stranger Things, and it goes from the upside down to the right oh, side oh, up. Oh, oh, so, so the upside good. down monster?
1: Yeah. All you had to say is Stranger Things. You already got the points. <laughs> the Demogorgon didn't originate in Stranger Things or Dungeons and Dragons. It appeared in Paradise Lost in Voltaire's writings, and it is referenced in Moby Dick. This is your last clue. Here a monster goes through his daily calisthenics. Ah, ah,
6: you call yourself a monster? Ah. Scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. Oh, the kids are white. Okay, scary feet, scary feet, scary feet, scary feet, scary Kids asleep.
1: <sighs> Laurel. Well, it's a monster's ink. Yeah. Monster. Uh, yeah, that's all okay. you need. You just okay. need to give me monster's ink. That's monsters, right.
6: Monster's ink
1: character. <laughs> James P. Sully Sullivan and Mike Wazowski. All right, well done, both of you. It's a tie. So, <laughs> so here's the deal. I have a tiebreaker question, so I'm going to throw the question out, ring in, and we'll see how it goes. What blue creature's alter ego Alistair hosts Monster Peace Theater on Sesame Street? Laurel. Cookie Monster? That is correct. <laughs> After two games, Laurel is going to our final round. <laughs> Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Laurel in our final round. Plus, comedian Michelle Wolf is here, and she is hungry like the wolf because we don't provide craft services for our guests. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR.
7: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares Betterment's philosophy on investing. No matter the amount of money you have,
6: it's always good to be invested. It's always good to start early. It's always
0: good to save. And the power of being consistent in your habits Is really the path to long term wealth. Get started at betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance is not guaranteed.
2: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. She's a comedian who performed at the White House Correspondents' Dinner earlier in 2018. She hosted the Netflix show The Break, and her HBO special is called Nice Lady. Please welcome Michelle Wolf. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Nice to see you. (laughs) It's
6: nice to see you too.
1: Um, I joked earlier in the show that you are not just a marathoner, you're an ultra-marathoner.
6: Yeah, I don't do marathons because I think they're too short. Yeah, what is that? I'm just an insufferable human. That's that's what it is. It's like, people run marathons and everyone's like, that's an accomplishment. And then I go, no, it's not. And then I run these like stupid 50-mile races that are... Uh, Dumb. They're dumb. I mean, yeah, afterwards you're like, I'm amazing, but you do want to die. You want to die when it's happening.
1: So I did not know about this about you until I uh, read up on you. You studied kinesiology in college? Yeah.
6: Oh, is there another kinesiology head in there?
1: Come on. It's a study of human and non-human movements. Yeah,
6: yeah. The study of how the body moves. It's really like sports science, exercise science. Um, you know, it's like a lot of biomechanics and exercise physiology. And I dissected a human. Nice. Uh, yeah. Fun fact. This is the fun fact hour with yeah, Michelle. perfect. Uh, <laughs> dissected a human cadaver uh, in anatomy class. And that was the first uh, adult male penis I had ever seen. (laughs) The first adult male penis I've ever seen I I cut in half. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then after college you started working in finance. You worked at Bear Stearns and later J.P. Morgan. So why the switch to finance?
6: Yeah, I I took the really popular route of studying (laughs) exercise science in college and then moving to New York and getting a job on Wall Street. I was really burnt out after college. I was such a nerd. I I studied all the time. Like, not only did I want to get an A, I wanted to get the best grade in the class. I'm a terrible human. I, just between that and the ultra-marathons, I just, I can't emphasize how insufferable I am. (laughs) The voice doesn't help. Uh, uh, But, uh, fun fact about Wall Street is uh, they love people that are just competitive, And we'll do anything to win. So they love athletes. And I was an Uh, athlete in college, and I got good grades. So they were like, oh, yeah, she'll be great. Don't worry that she's never taken a business class. I was going to (laughs) say. Didn't matter. Didn't matter at all. Didn't matter that I had no training. Uh, So I got hired at Bear Stearns in the summer of 2007. Uh, (laughs) Great time. It was a great time. It was a really... The energy of the company was palpable. Uh,
1: and then how did you make the leap to go, you know what, I, I got to do this comedy thing?
6: Well, I, um, in uh, March of 2008, when, uh, when Bear Stearns was collapsing, uh, <laughs> my friends had come to visit, and we went to a taping of SNL, and I've always been such a big fan— and after that, I was like, how did these guys get into this? How do you do this? And I, like, Googled all of them, and they all started in improv, so I just signed up for an improv class. And then after my first improv class, I was like, oh, I just want to do something like this. This is really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, like, uh, you know, after, like, a, about three years, I, I kind of switched over to stand-up.
1: But, yeah, and, uh, then, and then you, in 2014, you start working as a writer on Late Night with Seth Meyers. Yes. And you said in an interview that... From day one, you just made fun of him. Like, every yeah. single day.
6: Yeah, no, uh, one of my favorite things about Seth Myers is, uh, first of all, very easy to make fun of. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but also, it's fine with being made fun of. And then right. he'll make fun of me, and it's a great relationship. And he, I mean, he's one of the nicest, smartest, funniest people I know, who I can also just make fun of him. <laughs> the fact that he has a heart. <laughs> like... <laughs> He's a very nice person, and I like to make fun of the fact that he has a heart and cries. <laughs> How would you describe your dynamic? I think he's a little scared of me, and then, uh, like, 98% is friends with me. <laughs> 2% scared, 98 friends. <laughs> that
1: sounds perfect. Yeah. That's good
6: and then many of us uh, know you
1: from, of course, your brilliant performance at the White House
6: correspondence <laughs> Dinner. I will say that I think because of what I did, they're always going to have a comedian. <laughs> they will
1: never stray from that tradition. Uh, when you, that, I mean, that's a big gig. Uh, it comes with a lot of weight just in general. When you were offered it, was there any moment that you were like, ah, let me think about this, or were you... I, just immediately, I want to do that.
6: I actually, right when I got offered it, I texted Seth to be like, because he had done it before. I was like, should I do it? And he was like, do it. And I was like, all right. (laughs) Uh, I also knew going in, my approach to it was going to be different than most people that had done it. Everyone had told me how bad the room was. They're like, it's not a good room. You know, try to do like some inside baseball stuff. That'll keep them laughing. And I was like, I'm not going to do it for the room. I'm gonna do it for the people. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they they got that historian, author guy uh, Mm -hmm. this year, which I'm sure he's very, I mean, his books are acclaimed. He has a Pulitzer Prize. You know, like he's clearly a very smart, accomplished man. But I think their reasoning for getting him is a little off. Because they want to make a case for the First Amendment. Which, first of all, if you have to make a case for the First Amendment, you're losing it. Yeah, it's not happening. Uh, Yeah, you're you're on the brink of it being taken away. Uh, I think that's what they call an opening argument. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And, you know, like, everyone makes fun of Trump. You know, like, the point of that dinner is also kind of to hold the media accountable. Right. Because right now, I would say the media is doing... You know, I'm a very big proponent of the First Amendment. Believe me, if I said half the things I say in other countries, I would be murdered. Uh, but, you know, like, I think the press needs to really hold themselves accountable to be like, yeah, maybe we don't need to show 12 straight hours of a tweet that Trump said uh, with, like, seven different panels... Discussing why it was bad. I know. You know, and it's on us too to like not watch it constantly. You know, but uh, yeah, th- my main point was what I said at the end of the dinner, which was I think the media—they pretend to hate Trump, but they love him they love because him. they're selling everything that they're making. They're selling their books, their TV, their newspapers. He is selling it all for them, and they are all getting so rich. Why we suffer immensely. And I'm not sure a historian making a case for the first amendment is going to go after them for that.
1: <laughs> All right. Michelle, are you ready for your ask me another challenge? Yes. Okay. The good news is you actually don't have to face this challenge alone. Here to help you is our other guest tonight. You actually know her from working with her on late night with Seth Meyers is Amber Ruffin. Amber, how are you? Yes. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, you two know each other, obviously. We've
6: met. <laughs> I mean, once or twice, but we don't want to talk about.
1: It. <laughs> did you meet uh, as writers on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers? That's we the, did for yeah. the, that first time, and you gravitated to each other. I mean, how many writers are there? A dozen? There's yeah, twelve. There was. A,
6: uh, well, yep. we all sit in the same room. It's one so. room, ain't but one room. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, there's a bunch of boys. Uh, And then there's me and Amber And we're rowdier than all of Uh, us The loudest people in the room
1: (laughs) (laughs) By (laughs) a mile right. well here's a game Michelle, you are a track and field star in high school and college We know your high jump personal record Is 5 foot 4 inches This is a game called Could Michelle Jump Over This? (laughs) I'm going to describe an object You two will consult and figure out if Michelle... Could have jumped over this. <laughs> if you do well enough, listener Shoshana Strom from Washington, D.C., a place you love, yeah. will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Ooh. <laughs> I know. All right. Could Michelle jump over a Mini Cooper?
6: Yeah. Yes. Wait, wait. Do I have to jump as, as wide as a Mini Cooper or just the height of? The height of, the height of a Mini Cooper. The height
4: and width of or just the height of? Just the
1: height. Yes, no, you're right. Yes, uh, a Mini Cooper is four foot five.
6: Oh yeah, I can still do that today. Yeah, yeah. You remember when like Blake Griffin dunked over a Kia? <laughs> yeah. Kias aren't that tall. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like,
6: <yeah.
1: laughs> could Michelle jump over the Mona Lisa?
6: Yes, that thing's tiny. Of course. That thing's the size no, no, of a piece I of mean, is paper. It hanging no, on the no, wall? I
1: mean the actual person. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. No, 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 no.
6: Mona? Do you mean Mona? <laughs> we call her Mona. She's our friend. Is her last name Lisa? Uh huh. Her name is Mona Lisa. Mona Sarah Lisa. <laughs> or Sarah.
1: Her Lisa.
6: name was Lisa, and she always went. Ugh. <laughs> I forgot how corny you are, <laughs> Oh, I'm Lisa. Oh, I'm Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Character. That's a pretty good That's character. A, why am I smiling? Because I knew one, woman and The Moans of Lisa. The mo- <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I could jump over. No. Her. No. It's a it's a it's an eight by ten piece of paper, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's you a can photocopy. Jump yeah, over, yeah. yes.
1: Yes, the Mona Lisa is two feet six inches tall. Yeah, oh, all right. Feet, yeah, you could totally jump over that. Yeah, yeah. Could Michelle jump over the shortest NBA player of all time, Muggsy Mugsy Muggsy Bogues? He's 5'4". you know four. nothing
4: about sports, and you knew that. Here is the thing. When <laughs> Muggsy Bogues was a thing, I was the same size, and so I thought it was magical. So anytime I saw him, I was like, that is me. Right. I think he was 5'4". And I think I was 5'4", and I think that that is true.
6: Well, we're going to go with Amber. <laughs> and we're going to say yes. It's actually 5'3", so yes. Oh! yes. Oh! <laughs> All
1: right, here's your last clue. Could Michelle jump over the legendary racehorse Sea Biscuit?
6: Horses seem tall. Uh, no, he's still tall. He's too tall. They no. seem very
1: tall. Yeah.
6: Uh, I think no. know.
1: Alright, actually, Sea Biscuit is five foot one. So yes, you could uh, jump over Sea Biscuit.
6: What? Wait!
1: <laughs> Congratulations, Michelle and Amber. Yay! You and Shoshana Strom have won ask me another Rubik's Cube. Yay! Amber, I'll be talking to you a little later in the show. Okay. Looking forward to it. Michelle, such a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for, for having me. Michelle Wolf is doing stand up on tour right now across the country. Check her out. Michelle Wolf, everybody. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next two contestants will play a game about brunch. So we'll charge $17 for each question, even though you could make equally good questions at your own home. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Melanie Clarer. You're a software engineer at Google, and amazingly, this line of work is a family tradition.
6: Yeah. um, My dad and grandfather both were in industry, and my sister, who's here tonight, also works as a software engineer. That's amazing. And how do you like it? Oh, I love it. I love being able to wear sweatpants to work,
1: mostly. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's all about what you get to wear to work. Of course. Melanie, when you ring in, we're going to hear this. Your opponent is Ben Kafokalis. You're a high school math
3: teacher. That's right.
1: So, on the side, you and your roommates create videos, including a shot-for-shot remake of Dirty Dancing. What? <laughs> That's amazing.
3: That is correct.
1: And, uh... So, why that movie? Just...
3: Kind of um, I actually don't fully know the origin story. I just um, <laughs> got a phone call from my friend saying, hey, come hang out at our friend's house this weekend. Uh-huh. And I was like, sure. And I walked in the door, and they gave me a wig and said, put this on, you're playing Penny.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Ben, when you ring in, we'll hear this. All right, remember, Melanie and Ben, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. Let's go to your first game. This is a music parody game called Over Easy Like Sunday Morning. Jonathan Colton, take it away.
2: Thank you, Afira. Who likes brunch? Everybody likes brunch. We wrote the Commodore's song, Easy, to make it about things associated with brunch. Just ring in to tell me what I'm singing about. Here we go. I know it sounds funny, but I like my bacon round And my egg poached, I ain't bluffing Smothering hollandaise, so the whole thing's drowned All on a toasted English muffin Ben. Eggs Benedict.
1: Eggs Benedict is correct. Canadian bacon, that's like, obviously just like regular bacon with healthcare.
2: (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) It's green and trendy. It's guacamole but with more eggs. There is spending It's why you can't afford a mortgage Melanie. Avocado toast. Yeah, that's right. Why in the world would you say it's not good for me? I mean, it's mostly just tomato. Tabasco and Worcestershire, fresh, healthy celery. A little vodka, if I say so. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, you got it.
1: What's that thing about Bloody Mary in a mirror?
2: Uh, if you say Bloody Mary three times in a mirror, then she appears Right. behind you.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought it was never look in a mirror after three Bloody Marys. Yes.
2: <laughs> Take a picture. Facebook owns this app in your palm. Post the picture. Tag it with the hashtag Nom Nom Nom
7: Nom. Instagram.
2: Instagram, that's correct. This is your last clue. Some bubbly wine, please. Pop the cork and use that tall flute, an orange, fresh squeeze, I like to hide my booze in juice, fruit, mimosa,
1: Melanie. mimosa is correct. All right, great game. Melanie is in the lead. Hey, eggheads, if you can handle hard-boiled questions, we want you to poach you for our show. Scramble over to amatickets.org to find out how to be a contestant. Coming up, comedian Amber Ruffin will join us for a quiz inspired by Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. This game is like a dating app because it's full of monsters that you never have to meet. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
7: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit Bluehost.com.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional
2: $200. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Melanie and Ben. Soon they'll play a game inspired by calendars. Fun fact, many days of the week are named after old-timey gods. For example, Wednesday is named after Woden, a.k.a. Odin, a.k.a. Thor's dad, a.k.a. Anthony Hopkins. So we decided it's time to shake the calendar up a bit. So your next game is a word game called Gregorian Makeover. We're mashing up months and days of the week with other words, phrases, and names. For example, if we said, this day of the week was
2: named for Odin's wife, Frigg, but it's been renamed for the cooking method used to make beignets, you would answer, deep fat Friday.
1: Get it? (laughs) So just think of it this way. The day of the week or the month always comes second in the mashup, and you'll get every one. Melanie, stay in the lead, and you will be in our final round. Ben, you need to get more points, or you're going to go home with a lovely parting gift. It's a Garfield desk calendar. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Remember, he hates Mondays, but loves lasagna. (laughs) Here we go. This month was named after Julius Caesar's heir, but the people have spoken, and they'd rather this month honor Jake Gyllenhaal as a left-handed boxer.
3: Ben. Ben um left-handed boxer was south paw so the caesar his heir was mark anthony no that's not right it was <laughs> wasn't that was somewhere in there wait um south paw october south paw october
1: that's great you did something there that is very close <laughs> but not what we're looking for melanie can you steal south august south august we were looking for Right This spooky month Used to come Eighth In the Roman calendar But now There is mandatory Karaoke To celebrate The boy band Whose members include Jordan Knight And Johnny McIntyre oh, Interesting Boy band mm-hmm. Jordan Knight And Johnny McIntyre Didn't mean anything to you That's okay um, It's Melanie?
6: October Maybe Minundo? I don't know <laughs>
1: Relax, everybody.
2: Wow, everybody got really upset
3: about that.
1: I know. (laughs) Ben, can you steal?
3: So I think it's October, spooky month, but I don't know boy bands very well, and I'm hearing the gas from the audience, so backstreet, boy October. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right.
2: Uh, I did not expect this to be the most sensitive nerve that we would touch tonight.
1: I know of all the possibilities. Okay, what is it, audience? New Kids on the block-tober. Wait, what? New Kids on the Blocktober, which oh. they all celebrate, uh. clearly. <laughs> wow.
2: This day of the week was named for two, the Anglo-Saxon war god, but now it's named for a type of parrot found in the Philippines and Australia.
3: Ben. Kaka tuesday <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: Popular night at some clubs. This is your last clue. <laughs> this day of the week was named after the moon, but now it celebrates the singer of You're So Vain. She probably thinks this day is about her, and she's right. Ben.
3: Carly Day.
1: <laughs> That's correct, yes. All right, that was a very hard game. You both are geniuses. Let me just say that. You're amazing. And after two games, Ben is going to our final round. While Laurel and Ben get ready for our final round, it's time for us to meet our next special guest. She's a writer on Late Night with Seth Meyers and frequently appears on the show. ever Ruffin, everybody. Amber, welcome back to Ask Me Another. Why, thank you. So you narrate Drunk History. Yes, dude. It's the best time. I gotta say, I wonder, uh, first of all, what is your drink of choice? Uh, Vicar Rebel. Nice. (laughs) And how do you figure out what your perfect intoxication to performance balance is? You don't, dude.
4: (laughs) Not for, for Drunk History, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, they don't want you to look like a douche. So they will fix it so you look like you didn't go throw up. Right. (laughs) Oh,
1: dear God. So you auditioned for Saturday Night Live in 2014. You do not get it, but instead you get a call from Seth Meyers. Yes. Just tell me how that kind of happened.
4: First of all auditioned for SNL, and there was LeKendra Tooks. She got hired as a writer. Um, Leslie Jones, at first she got hired as a writer. Sashir Zameda, she got Hmm. hired as an actor. And Amber Ruffin, who got hired as nothing! (laughs) They all got the part. I didn't get the part. There were two days in between my not getting SNL and my getting Late Night, where I was just back in L.A., babysitting my perfect baby. Cause I was a nanny. And then, uh, I got a call from Seth Myers, and Seth was like, Hey Amber. And I was like, Oh man, Seth, you didn't have to call. I assumed he was calling to say, I'm sorry you didn't get SNL. <laughs> it never occurred to me that he had a late night show and that he would want me to ride on it. But, um, He did! And now we all have
1: jobs! That's great. That's great. Yay! And in in addition to being a writer, you appear in many segments on the show, Amber's Minute of Fury, Joke Seth Can't Tell, just to name a couple. I do. What is the genesis of these segments happening? Girl, I just came
4: in there angry. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Joke Seth Can't Tell was Jenny Hagel, Mm. who I do um, Joke Seth Can't Tell with. She and I really write everything I do on the show together. We're little best friends. She came up with uh, Joke Seth Can't Tell because she was like, we are hemorrhaging these delicious jokes, and they're just going to go into the garbage, and no one's ever going to see them. She thought that was a shame. But uh, then I came up with Amber Says What Because of the Olympics. Mm. Remember that guy from Tonga? had all that oil on him and no clothes and I was like what this is still families at home watching this and your thighs sir are glistening but okay so then I just wrote a what about that Olympics and then we ended up doing it again and then minute of fury just came from you know racism in America yeah.
1: Yeah, What kind of feedback do you get from your fans after they watch A, uh, a Minute of Fury?
4: They, you know, it's all of it. Black people say, I know that's right. But then <laughs> white people say, I never knew that <laughs> anything like this was happening. You have opened my eyes, ma'am. <laughs> like, that's great. But reading it does make me laugh quite a bit.
1: I just think that's a silly thing to that happen. It's great. Amber, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? <gasps> yes, but it's going to be bad because I don't really know anything. Yes, yes. No, you do. It's going to be great. You know a lot of things because Amber... Amber Ruffin, you wrote a musical about Bigfoot. Yes, I did. Yeah. What inspired your love of Bigfoot? How long has this been going on? Um, I just like m- big, hairy
4: things.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, no, I just thought that would be a fun you know, topic for a musical. And uh, I wrote uh, Bigfoot with my friend Kevin Serretta and um, David Schmoll, and we just made this big, beautiful musical that was just as silly as humanly possible. And it just really turned out to be something very beautiful. And uh, who knows, maybe it's going to do something.
1: I would love that. Are you kidding?
6: Yay!
1: So Bigfoot is one of the legendary, probably fake creatures out there, just like the Loch Ness Monster, Yeti, or Chupacabra. They are known as cryptids. Uh, so your quiz is about lesser-known cryptids of the world. Well, you've said the two that I know, so <laughs> good. So for this challenge, we are going to yeah. bring back <sighs> as your competitor this time, yeah. Michelle Wolf, everybody. Yeah. Vocally, which
4: one is which? You do
1: Ooh. not know. You don't know. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: All right, you guys are ready to roll. All right, here's your first question. It's multiple choice. <gasps> Here we go. What is the Jersey Devil? A, a Tasmanian devil wearing a hockey jersey. B, a legendary squid that causes shipwrecks off the coast of Normandy. C, a creature with a goat head and wings from southern New Jersey. Amber. C. That is correct. I'm just guessing. (laughs) What is Ogopogo? A, a pogo stick that bounces on its own. B, a lake monster in British Columbia. C, a Texan snake with a head on both ends of its body, making it a palindromic reptile that is the same (laughs) forward and backwards, just like the word Ogopogo. (laughs) Michelle.
6: Oh, um... (laughs) I think it's B. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say go B. B. Yeah. I'm gonna go B. That's right. Oh!
1: It's essentially the Canadian Loch Ness Monster. Three sightings happened just this September. <laughs> what is a globster? A a sloppy lobster. B a mobster who reproduces via asexual budding. C an organic blob that shows up next to a lake or ocean. Amber. C. Yes, they are generally the bodies of dead animals.
4: I'm just guessing. Letters that I think are the I feel answer. Like I press my buzzer before you. Michelle <laughs> is actually thinking, <laughs> see how far that gets
6: you. <laughs> I would start singing, but it sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, here's your last one. What is the Snallygaster? A, a demon who pops out of nowhere to shame you for being surprised at something obvious. B, a cloud of spores that can take the shape of any person. Or C, a dragon-like beast that terrifies the people in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Michelle. A? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Ah. It's C! That is right, Amber, it's C. Uh, but you both did great Yay. But congratulations yeah. Thank you Michelle for coming back to play yeah. Amber regularly appears on Late Night with Seth Meyers Give it up for Michelle Wolf and Amber Ruffin yeah. It's time to crown our big winner Let's bring back our finalist Laurel Happinen Who's all about taxi driver, law and order and bagels and Ben Kafokalis, who played Penny in a shot-for-shot remake of *Dirty Dancing*. <laughs> Laurel, Ben, your final round is called "More Questions Than Answers." Every answer begins with who, what, when, where, or why. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Michelle Wolf and Amber Ruffin. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Ben is going first. Here we go. Ben, this popular children's book challenges the reader to find a man wearing a red and white striped shirt and hat. Where's Waldo? That is correct. Laurel, this popular smartphone messaging service was acquired by Facebook in 2014 for nearly $20 billion. What's app? That is correct. Ben. Abbott and Costello are known for this comedy routine about confusingly named baseball players.
3: Who's on first? Correct.
1: Laurel, Dr. Seuss's Grinch tried to ruin this town's Christmas. Whoville. That's correct. Ben, the Black Eyed Peas received a Grammy nomination for this 2003 hit featuring an uncredited Justin Timberlake.
3: Where is the love? That is
1: Correct. Laurel, this is Shakira's English-language breakthrough lead single off her 2001 album, Laundry Service. No idea. Something with hips. Where's my hips? <laughs> Incorrect. We were looking for whenever, wherever. <laughs> ben, this 2004 Tyler Perry play was adapted into a movie of the same name. It spawned a 2010 sequel.
3: Ooh, um... My Tyler Perry movies aren't great. Um, I don't know.
1: We were looking for, why did I get married? (laughs) Laurel, this PBS children's game show ended with a contestant shouting, do it, Rockapella. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? That is correct. We're at the halfway point, and the score is tied. Three points each. Ben Maurice Sendak wrote and illustrated this children's book about a runaway boy named Max.
3: Where the wild things are. That is correct.
1: Laurel Shell Silverstein wrote and illustrated this book that includes a poem about Sarah Cynthia Sylvia, Sylvia Stout, Stout she would who not would take not take the, take the garbage out. out. Oh, where the sidewalk ends. That is correct. Ben, this best selling pregnancy advice book was originally published in 1984.
3: What to expect when you're expecting? That
1: is correct. Laurel, couples George and Martha and Nick and Honey are at the center of this Edward Albee play about drunken confrontations. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? That is correct. Okay, we have one last question for each of you. The score is tied. Ben, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan play platonic friends who fall in love in this 1989 romantic comedy.
3: Um, Okay, wait, so this is when they're in the diner and she does the... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Orgasm. (laughs) Um,
6: she enjoys role, And
3: her I'm, it's not coming to me. I know. It's like the second time that I've disappointed the audience. Third, maybe. Um, when Harry met Sally. That is correct.
1: <laughs> Laurel, you have to get this question right to stay in the game. Tony Danza plays a retired baseball player who works as a housekeeper in this 1980s sitcom. Angela, who's the boss? There you go. All right, those are all of our questions, so we are down to a tiebreaker. It's Bugs Bunny's three-word
3: catchphrase. Ben. What's up, Doc?
1: Well done. Laurel, congratulations. You are such a, a wonderful contestant. Thank you so much. Congratulations, Ben, and that is our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name, Anagrams, to Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Kimila Franklin, Scott Ross, and senior writers Greg Lightman and Karen Lurie with additional material by Kara Weinberger and Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Kasseth, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Edward Wyckoff Williams, Rumel Wood, and our intern Alexis Stromer, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Akabe, and Jeff O'Neill. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House Hot Heel Blues And our production partner, WNYC I'm her ripe begonias Ophira Eisenberg And this was Ask Me Another from NBR Hey San Diego, we heard you like trivia So, this holiday season, Ask Me Another has got a little gift just for you We're coming to your town That's right, join us on December 12th at the Balboa Theatre for an evening full of comedy, word games, and nerdy trivia. Plus, we've got singer-songwriter Adam Lambert and skateboarding legend Tony Hawk. Tickets and more information at amatickets.org. Next time on Ask Me Another, Grammy Award-winning singer Darlene Love reveals her first impression of the hit song He's a Rebel. So I said, I'm... I'm making you pay me now. So I asked for $3,000 to record He's a Rebel,
4: right? And then I told him, honey, ain't nobody gonna buy this record but your mother.
1: (laughs) So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.
7: This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options within your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Spark Cash Plus card, you earn unlimited 2% cash back on every purchase for your business.